Next up, um, our next speaker, you are, if you've never heard Janet Porter, Janet Folger Porter, minister, then uh, you are in for a real surprise. Um, she is a mighty warrior for God. And uh, we just love Janet here. As Andrew says, she's stronger than horseradish. So <laughs> Janet is the founder and president of Faith to Action, which was formed in order to win the culture war for life, liberty, and the family. She is the architect of the pro-life heartbeat bill, which ensures, yes, this bill says that if a heartbeat is detected, in, then the baby is protected, right? So these laws, what they would do is ban abortion after a heartbeat could be detected. Simple idea, but a life-changing concept. And uh, Janet is, I don't know, to me, she's like a David and a Goliath. She took this issue on when no one else was taking it on. And this idea of a heartbeat bill was a new concept. And she was told over and over, oh, it can't be done. Oh, Roe versus Wade. Oh, we can't, we'll, we'll lose our, our next election if we adopt this. But she knew that she'd heard from God and she didn't get up, give up. She first tried it in Ohio and she worked at it for nine years, guys, without failing. And then uh, uh, in the state of Arkansas was the first state in the union to adopt the heartbeat bill. Senator Jason Rapert, our good friend, was the author of that and a close ally of Janet's and he's here at this conference. But I just wanna tell you that this woman that you're about to hear from is a real American hero. And uh, I praise the Lord for her and we're so excited to have you, Janet. Come on up, you guys put your hands together and welcome Janet Porter. Friend. Thank you. Praise the Lord. You know, I made a, a bargain with God 12 years ago that when he did find the, when we did pass the heartbeat bill and when abortion did come to an end, that he would get all the glory and all the credit, all the honor. So I got to stay true to that. So for those of you that don't know me, I'll give you a little, little spiel about uh, my background. Um, I had been involved in, in, in the establishment right to life groups and passed all the regulatory bills and, and you know, parental consent and right to know and fetal homicide, even the nation's first ban on partial birth abortion. But you know what? At the end of the day, we still had over a million children as a body count that, that, that were killed every year in our country. You can call that all, anything you want, but success is not a term you could use. And so uh, I remember uh, 12 years ago, we had just moved from Florida to Ohio. My uh, wonderful husband, David Porter, who, is, who gets very little credit, but he's the one who said to me, looked at me, out of the heart the mouth speaks, right, Andrew? He said, why don't you outlaw abortion while you're here? And I, you know, being a great woman of faith, I, you know, I looked at my watch, I said, you know, I got a few minutes, I can knock that out. I mean, you know, I'm here anyway. It just seemed too big, it just seemed too daunting, because all we can do is regulate around the edges of abortion. That's what they told us. And so, two weeks later, God gave me the idea for the heartbeat bill. And as Richard said, it it's, could have been written, it's so simple, it could have been written by Dr. Seuss. If a heartbeat's detected, the baby's protected. That's the bill. So that instead of abortion stopping a beating heart with a heartbeat law, a beating heart will stop abortion. So that's, uh, that's what we do. 
When we started, they said it was impossible. And what was once impossible is now inevitable because we introduced the impossible to the God of the impossible. I come from Ohio. My home state motto is, with God, all things are possible. You either believe that or you don't. And it's time that the people of God start acting like the word of God is true. So we started out nice enough, and we had 4,000 red heart mylar heart balloons, and we delivered them, and we had a big press conference, and it was floor-to-ceiling balloons. We delivered them all to the House of Representatives, and by the end of the day, there was not anyone who didn't know that there was a heartbeat bill introduced in the state of Ohio. And, and so as we introduced that, we did the heartbeat bills, 4,000 of those, and, and we did heart-shaped cookies and candy, and we did teddy bears, and you press their stomach, and there's a heartbeat, and we did all the, just the, I mean, I, I'll just tell you, we did, uh, I have a three story heart balloon. I don't know if anybody wants to borrow it. You're welcome. It's a three stories high and it says pass the heartbeat bill. It's a big heart. And we put it in front of the state house many times. Um, they, uh, they got tired of us and we got tired of their inaction. Uh, we, uh, we then, we, the second Valentine's Day came around when they still weren't passing our bill. The rhinos in the Senate were blocking it and we had 2,200 roses, which is the amount of babies the heartbeat bill would save every single month. And, uh, and so we, we, just, we just got to a point where, you know what, um, they're not listening to the, to the candy and to the roses and the balloons. And so we had to do what a lot of people didn't want to, want to do, and they, 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 many people don't want to give up their, their, their access for influence. We got to make a decision. You know what, do you fear God, or are you still concerned about what men think of you? So, so I remember a buddy of mine, uh, his name is Mark Crutcher, he called me up, he says, how's it going, Janet? I said, not so great. They're blocking our bill in, in, the, in the Ohio Senate. They're blocking our bill in Congress. I can count my friends on one hand. We're running ads, full-page ads against them. We're calling them out. We had full-page ads that were the, just the whole ad was a big rhino. Um, they didn't like me too much. We uh, <laughs> rented a, an airplane to fly over the state house. We did television, radio. We did commercials. We ran cartoons against them. One speaker of the house said, we're going to pass your bill. We're going to bring it to the floor of the house because I don't want a cartoon made about me. Um, so we had that. We had... Uh, <laughs> I, all right, let me tell you one of the things I, I, I seldom mention, but I, I rented a truck, and it's the trucks, the, you know, the ones with the dead baby pictures on the front, and the headlines read, what's more offensive than this? The Ohio Republican Senate that won't stop it. And it circled the state house over and over and over again. And so uh, and then when they, 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 we were running candidates against these guys, because that's all they care about really is their jobs, and we ran against all these guys uh, for, for nearly a decade. And uh, there, there had to come to a decision where I remember uh, I was trying to recruit people. I tried to get a pastor in my home, tried to wine and dine them, you know. And I said, you know, for such a time as this, we'll back you if you run against the Senate president. Nobody would do it. And uh, so I remember the phone call from my friend Lori Virus. She says, where are you? Did you, did you, did you, did you get anybody to run in the Ohio, for, against the Ohio Senate president? I said, no. I said, she says, we've got a lot of candidates in a lot of races, uh, but just too bad we couldn't find anybody to run against the Senate president. And the lady across the counter says, sign here. She says, where are you? I said, I'm at the Board of Elections filing to run against the Ohio Senate president. So they... Um, they spent $1.3 million slandering me on every station, every radio, 14, I think at 14, 15 oversized mailings, calling me the radical pro-abort, the liar, liar, pants on fire. That was another postcard. It was a lot of fun. Um, but let me say this. Um, what I know is that all the work, all the effort, it was worth it. Because what was once impossible is now inevitable. What was once the ceiling is now the floor.
Um, I remember uh, when, when, when you, in fact, Winston Churchill said this. He says, I don't know where it is in my notes, but he said that every, every great victory comes at the risk of, enormous, of, of enor- enormous failure. And so I felt like a failure for, for many of those years because we're pounded against the brick wall over and over and over again. Good thing I'm over it, right? So what happened was, 2013 comes around, and Jason Raper passes the first heartbeat bill in Arkansas. And then I'm in Kansas, and I'm trying to lobby the Kansas legislators to get a Kansas heartbeat bill. And these, these statesmen said, well, you know, there's only been one state that's done it. So, and as my text comes in, this, the governor of North Dakota just signed the second heartbeat bill. And then South Carolina, and then Mississippi, and then Tennessee, and then Louisiana. And what happened was, is, is it was unstoppable. The momentum became unstoppable. I gotta tell you my favorite story. I'm gonna keep it short. My favorite story of this whole, whole deal is we had already overcome, we, we already had a veto, one veto from, from Governor John Kasich. Establishment Rhino speaks to the Democrat convention that tells you, you know, just where his allegiances are. And, uh, and I knew that we had to introduce, we introduced the bill five times in Ohio. That's two-year sessions, okay? So, so you can see how long this thing's taken. And, and, uh, and we're, we're on the cusp of, of introducing it again, and a buddy of mine says, uh, Jan, we got a commitment to, to introduce the bill after the elections, but you know what? Mm, let's just wait. We're getting a pro-life governor in. Let's just wait. I said, no, if you have the opportunity to do good, you do it. I said, you get that bill now. Pass it now. It's never the wrong time to do the right thing. And so I remember I was dropping my husband off at the airport. Was it four in the morning, something like this? And I just said, man, oh, man, I, this is going to take an act of God. And he said, uh, well, isn't that what you're counting on all along? <laughs> we needed to get, in order to be veto-proof, we had the 50 votes to pass it. But we needed to get 60, a supermajority, to override a veto, which we knew was coming the second time. And so uh, I remember I went down there. It's funny because, you know, a lot of people, they, they want to come on the day of the vote. Because if you win, that's a lot of fun. A lot of photo ops and everybody posted on their, on their social media. And it's really great. But the day before, when we've got a, a chance to get these 15 votes that we never had before, because um, many of the people who had been co-sponsors had left. They had gone on to other, other jobs. Uh, and, and, and so what happened was I had lobbied. I, I learned a tactic from my buddy uh, Tom DeLay. And, he, and we had whip cards. And we'd hand out these whip cards and say, you're in a committee with this person. Can you get these two people? Can you get this person? You're friends with them. By the end of the day, I'm like, can you try these 10? I mean, we're just, we got to get 15 votes we never had. And that included a Democrat. We had to find a Democrat. We had one Democrat. His name is Bill Patman. He was a statesman. Even such a strong, godly man that the Democrat caucus wouldn't even let him caucus with him. Well, they won't let him in the, to meeting, in the meetings. And I meet with this man, African-American guy. He's about twice my height. And I said, we, if we have a shot at this, we're going to need another Democrat that we've never had before. And we tried a guy and couldn't get him. I said, there's one other guy, Glenn Holmes. I said, I've heard this is his issue. I highlighted the bill. I said, here, give this to him. And, and, and we've, got, we've got now about 20 minutes before the vote is cast. Text me if you get him. So the session starts. And, and you know how this is. The, 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 the wheat and the tares, I believe, are maturing so that you can now see what people that used to say, well, you know, I, I'm with you and this is nice. No, no, it's, it's, it's either you're for life or you're for death. They show up with t-shirts that say pro-abort witch. They got earrings of pentagrams this big and they all have their phones aimed at me and I'm standing down there alone. I'm like, oh, this is fun. 
And, uh, but I've got, you know, I learned from Phyllis Schlafly while the, the, the ERA fight was going on and they were throwing blood in the state house, she was handing out pies to, to legislators. I'm like, I'm gonna learn from that. So I handed out heart-shaped chocolates because these guys had just skipped lunch going to vote. I had the talking points, we had the heartbeat pins we passed out and we handed these things out and, and, uh, and, and what happened was uh, the session begins I get up to the gallery, someone saved my seat, I'm up there, and uh, I get a text from Bill Patman, our Democrat, and it says, done. Oh my goodness, we got a shot. We actually have a shot for the first time in Ohio history of overriding this veto, and, and uh, so what happened was they call a recess, the Democrats call a recess, and I had been told not to take pictures in the, in the gallery, but my intern had not been told that, and so, <laughs> I said to him, when that vote is cast, you make sure you get that copy. I need to make sure that that is a picture that we have because I don't have time to wait for the report. And so uh, what happened was I, I go downstairs because I still don't know. I may need a vote or two yet, you know? 15 votes, that's a tall order. And I, I go down there and I'm, 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 I'm peeking in the, the, the session trying to grab somebody that could, that could help me get some more votes. And, and Bill Patman walks up to me, this Democrat. And he said, I said, uh, I hugged him. I, and he says, do you know what's going on, don't you? I said, what's that? He says, the Democrats are circling this guy. They're threatening him with his political right, life that he dare not cast a pro-life vote. And I said, is he going to hold firm? He says, I don't know. And we held hands and we prayed outside the chamber that day. We go back up. The, the, the pro-aborts are outside. They're screaming like demons. That was how it's described by the legislatures, demonic screaming that was taking place the entire debate. And so I need 60 votes, 6-0 out of 99 members. And so uh, the vote is going on, it's the debate is happening, and the vote is cast, and the vote is 58-35. And you know that feeling, it's not like, oh well, I tried. It was not that feeling, it was that something's not right. Uh, we had more votes than that. And so I go downstairs and I'm looking at that illegal photo. And if it's red, they voted no. If it's green, they voted yes. If it's orange, they, 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 they weren't there. They were absent. And, and, and 10 minutes go by as we're trying to figure out what happened. And Glenn Holmes goes forward. And he, after the vote, he votes yes. We're now at 59.35, one vote away from, from overriding Governor Kasich's second veto. So I look at it. Marilyn Schlaby, her name's in orange. What's that, what's that about? Well, maybe she's not here. I said, no, I, I gave her one of my gift bags. I know she was here. Well, you know, maybe they flipped her. I said, no, 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 not her. She was a co-sponsor. Her husband was a co-sponsor when he held the seat before her. And one of the men reps came up to me and says, well, I could identify as a female and look for her in the ladies' room if that would help you. And um, so that's okay. No, we're not for that. Um, so I just, I just did this. I, I, I told one group outside the chamber, I said, you guys pray. I said, and you guys, you, you, you tell them that I'm going for our swing vote. I, you know what? Our motto is with God, all things are possible. I did not come within one vote to quit now. So, so I ran, I grabbed my coat. I ran two and a half blocks to get to my car through a blizzard. I get to my car, I'm out of breath and I'm looking through my purse. I don't have my keys. And this man walks up to me, very calm, very, very peaceful. And my husband said he's either a marathon runner or an angel. And he says, here, here's your keys. You dropped these in the crosswalk two blocks back. So I'm driving like a maniac through the blizzard. My husband calls me, what are you doing? And I explain to him what's happening. He just starts laughing. We go there and, and, and I didn't, you know, when you set out to do something for God, you may not know how it's going to be done. 
I just told him, you, I don't care if you read out of the phone book, you Mr. Smith this thing. You know, in fact, when I, what happened was I called, I forgot this part, I called, uh, I called Marilyn Slaby. I got the cell phone number for her husband. I said, hey, Lynn, I need, I need Marilyn back here. She's the swing vote. He said to me, that's impossible. Don't you say those words to me. Don't you even dare. And so, so I said, can you pull off the road because I'm on my way to get her right now. And so he does. He says, but it's, it's, it's absolutely impossible. He says, it's a four-hour trip. You know, there's no way they can stall. We've only got three bills on the, on the roster. How does that happen? And as we're driving north, I, I, I remembered the guy who took the picture, my intern, his, shows my age, his mother used to be an intern of mine. And... <laughs> I said, wait a minute, you used to give the Wayne Holmes County right to life reports. They're in Wayne's County. Our, our swing boat is sitting there at a Bob Evans right now. Can you pick her up? So she picked her up, drove, drove south while I drove north. We met at the gas station, turned around. I'd apologize for not driving in the most pro-life of manners. And we, we, <laughs> we get to the state house. It was something surreal. And they said to me, Janet, you don't have to, you don't have to, to speed anymore in the blizzard because um, if, if, if they went to the speaker of the house and they said, if, if you know the rules, you got a shot at winning, right? And he said, if, if, if you guys just don't adjourn, just recess, and two members can hold a session. One is our champion, Ron Hood, and the other is a lady sitting in my car. And as we're driving, we get there, and it was like a movie. It said it will be one day. And it says, House Bill 253 for third consideration. This is our champion with the gavel. And he pounds on the podium, and the lady's still wearing it. Marilyn Slavey's still wearing her coat, signs the form. I dropped to my knees and started sobbing. That's how we overrode Kasich's veto. whatever it takes. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm getting the eye from Richard. Thank you. I appreciate it, but you're eating into my time. Just messing with you. So, so, but what I learned, I learned some things in this battle. I learned from Arkansas and from South Dakota. In Arkansas, our friend Jason Raper took a group of senators into the House Committee that was blocking the bill, and they said, if you ever want any of your bills to come through our Senate chamber, you bring heartbeat bill to a vote. And they did. And then South Carolina, their House caucus, their, their motto of the state representatives in the House was, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's a nice motto. And they said, if you want your budget, or your other important bills that you, you want so dearly, we're gonna vote as a block. And so if you want that, you give us heartbeat, and they did that. And so if, if I had legislators with the courage to vote as a block, it wouldn't have cost me a decade of my life. So I've learned, I've learned this, that, that, that there's, some, there's some strategic things that, that, that need to be done. By the way, I remember I got a, a call from, a, I don't know, some irrelevant radio, and they, they called up, and I said, honey, check them out. I've never heard of them. And uh, he says, well, their pronouns are, and I'm like, you know what, I'm not talking. Anybody has to give their pronouns. By the way, the woke pronouns, I don't know if you know, the, if you go woke, you go broke, and, and the woke pronouns are was and were, just so you know. I just slipped that in. Um, the freebie. 
so, so I didn't, I, they called my mother three times trying to get an interview with me, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't talk to them. And, uh, but they did a story anyway, and it was, who is Janet Porter, and how did these heartbeat bills take the nation by storm? And they ran it on NPR. And a buddy of mine is listening to it, and he says, yeah, they're trying to, they're trying to condemn you, but they're actually giving you a puff piece. And this is what they said. They said, uh, you know, how did these pass? And he says, well, it's not that, that Janet Porter moved to the middle or to the mainstream. It's that the entire, polit- I don't get the right, this exact, exact wording, the entire political reality shifted around her. That's what we have when the God of the impossible lives in us. The entire political reality can shift where we walk. The things we're begging God for, we've already got it. I don't get any plug, but you want to read this book, it's really good. Andrew Womack says, you quit begging God for what you already have. We need to start using what he's given us. All power, all authority. And if God gave Christ all power and all authority, that means that someone has none. And if he gave it to us, then we need to use it, right? So right now where we are, what, is, what was impossible is now inevitable. What was once the, the, the actual ceiling of the pro-life movement is now the floor. It's the bare minimum that any state can do. And my, I ran into my publishers, where's Larry Sparks? I told him I, I had to go get the book to hold it up. This is because I'm not doing my job if I don't. All of the how to do it. If you want to pass, if you want to end abortion in your state, this is how to do it. And a whole lot of ways not to do it, how to do it, because we failed a lot before we got there. It's all the things not to do, but it's every idea you can, every stone that was uh, unturned in this battle is in, in this book, um, but it's now the floor of where we're going. And uh, we are now in a place where 18 states are abortion free. Six have trigger bans about to go into effect. Six heartbeat laws that save nine out of 10 babies. Um, and uh, we have, if you, you, there's some overlap. So there's 21 states that, that either protect every child or nearly every child or soon will. And that's a good start. All these people said, I'm not sure that we should really celebrate the overturning of Roe because there's so much work to do. You know, shut up. I'm going to celebrate. <laughs> we waited 49 years. I had the party. The banner's still in my living room, and it says, Roe is dead. Babies will live. This is where we are. The curse over America has been broken. You know, you want to know how to get America back? If only, if only there was some way, some way, that we could get God to hear from heaven, to forgive our sins and heal our land. There's gotta be some way. You know he's given us the checklist. It's to humble ourselves and pray and seek his face, but the part that we've most often forgotten is to turn from our wicked ways. Well, turning from killing children is a very good start, and I think God has taken note of that. David Barton said in a, in a film that we have available, by the way, I think it's int- ironic that if you go out here and you turn right, the farthest right booth is my booth. It seems fitting, um, but you can get this, this film here. <laughs> the farthest right. Dr. Kennedy, I used to run his Center for Reclaiming America, Dr. D. James Kennedy said, uh, it's not that I'm on the right, it's just that they move the line. That's what's happened, really. We're in the middle. Uh, we're in the majority. But David Barton says, God doesn't just sweep in and save a nation. He uses people. And the one thing, as Reagan said, that evil is powerless if the good are unafraid. So, uh, as I, as I, I wrote a book called The Criminalization of Christianity, uh, 2005, 
Everything I said in the book came true, even though a lot of people say this is hyperbole. Americans going to jail for, 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 for adhering to their faith. Yeah, it all happened. Um, but, but I made an update to, the, to overcoming the battle of criminalization of Christianity. It's called Light Wins, because in the battle between darkness and light, light wins. Let me tell you about light. If you want light, God shows you how to get it. He says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, that Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Arise, shine, for your light has come, Isaiah 60. That was, by the way, Ephesians 5. Isaiah 60, arise, shine, for your light has come. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, deep darkness to people. Um, I, it appears that the darkness has gotten so dark in our country at this moment, I, I got to believe that the Democrats believe that the book 1984 was an instruction manual. Um, Louis Gohmert, congressman from Texas, said the only thing that Orwell got wrong in his book was the year. Everything else they're following. Let me read you what it says in 1984. It's, it's almost as if um, it's a playbook. Here it is. The party, this is, this is a quote from 1984, the totalitarian regime that's monitoring and, and I don't know, they're, they're by the way, the Democrats, it seems as though they're bragging that they, they can surveil us and, and mark, they, can, they can target us and, and surveil what we do greater than the KGB. But anyway, here's what it says. The party told you to reject the evidence of your eyes and ears. Reject the evidence of your eyes and ears. It was their final and most essential command. There's a reason. There's a reason why resident, did you catch that art? Resident Biden says that, uh, that, that they're against people that want to make America great again. I won't call him by, by something that's untrue. And, and so she's not going to do it. Not going to do it. They, they said that they're upset about the MAGA Republicans. With, you, know, you know what MAGA stands for. They're upset that the, we want to make America great again because their agenda is the opposite. They want to steal America and destroy America. That's their, that's their goal, because uh, truth is hate for those who hate the truth. Here's what, here's what President Biden said. He said uh, that the threat to this, the MAGA Republicans are a threat to this country. Don't believe, that they don't believe in the rule of law. And yet, you know, uh, Kamala Harris is the one that bailed out the felons, who are now back on the streets committing all kinds of heinous crimes, not just burning down cities, not just uh, uh, theft, but rape and murder. But they, they say we're the ones who don't, don't believe in the rule of law. Then he says MAGA Republicans promote authoritarian leaders. <laughs> Fan the flames of political violence. Can they even say that with a straight face? I'm not talking about resident. I'm talking about the guy who's behind the teleprompter, the puppeteer. Really? Do you really think you can pull that off when you're, when you're having the FBI, FBI raid President Trump's home? I mean, they're literally going through 16-year-old Barron's room. Barron Trump... 16-year-old boys, they're rummaging through his belongings and they leave Hunter Biden's laptop alone. Can't look at that. No, there's nothing to see here. Reject the evidence for, of, the, your, of your eyes and ears. Uh, they've gone after weaponizing our government, gone after Roger Stone, Peter Navarro, the attack Steve Bannon. A lot of people are afraid to talk about this, but I'm going to tell you something. Those January 6th uh, uh, patriots who were there exercising their First Amendment rights, some of them did break a, a, a misdemeanor law because the Capitol Police opened the doors and invited them in. They took pictures, they stood for, for free and fair elections, but what's happening now? For now nearly two years, they're being held without bail in inhumane conditions that are so atrocious that, that the three of them committed suicide. This is a travesty, it must be reversed. And uh, we've gotta make it happen.
Pay no attention to reject the evidence of your eyes and ears. Don't pay any attention to the 87,000 IRS agents who've been weaponized. And if you look at, the, at, the, at their, uh, their, what, what their, uh, their job description is, they, ha they have their job requirement is to use deadly force against Americans. That's what, that, that's what they've recruited. But don't pay attention to that. No, 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 no. There's nothing to see here. Keep moving along. Forget the fact that the Dominion voting machines, which the software is used in all of these countries, it just turns out that, that by the way, they were owned by the chairman of, the, of the George Soros' board. They're run by Nancy Pelosi's former chief of staff. One of the shareholders, Dianne Feinstein's husband, heavily promoted by the Clinton administration and credited with the last-minute glitch that gave the election to Hugo Chavez. But don't pay attention to, the, to what your eyes and what your ears see. Just keep moving along. Don't move along. Just forget about the late night ballot drop, the vote drop that happened in Michigan, where 138,339 votes were cast. And every one of them, every one of them went to Joe Biden. Think about this. It is a statistic impossibility for the best candidate and keep in mind, we're talking about a mumbling man in his basement whose rallies consist of eight people sitting in circles. Who are we trying to kid? Pay no attention to, to reject the evidence of your eyes and ears. In fact, by the way, we saw it in real time on CNN. The Pennsylvania vote came in, and guess what? Instead of the vote going up, the vote went down. By, by 19,958, almost 20,000 votes were taken from Trump and given to Biden with, with, no, with, with, with no explanation, with no one giving any kind of answer without justice. By the way, former intelligence officer of the NSA said, oh, by the way, when all of the votes are stolen from Biden and stolen from Trump and given to Biden, that's not a glitch. That's, that's a program. That's a computer program that's doing what it's designed to do. So, I'm tired of, some of you know, I'm, I'm, my organization is called Faith to Action because faith without action is, is just political talk. It's just religious rhetoric. It's nothing. It's dead. And so we needed an action step. So I'm talking to the experts in the political realm, and I said, all right, so, so what do we do? All right, so we'll, uh, we can go ahead and put the, the cartoon up there. I decided to send these postcards to the people who make the, make the decisions in the five swing states, in Pennsylvania, Arizona, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Georgia. I sent this little postcard, and it says, good news. We found who stole your car. We have witnesses, surveillance video, and geo-tracking. But you know what? They've had it so long. Now, you know, we're just going to let them keep it. That's the attitude that's out there. That, you know, it's just been a year and a half. We might as well just let them keep it. You wouldn't do it with a car. Why would you do it with your country? So, we, uh, we sent uh, more than a quarter million. 322,222 postcards went not just to the key Republican legislators in those states, but also the nine members of the Supreme Court, just for good measure. I just felt they needed to get that message. Um, it's funny because Jason, Jason Yates, uh, who spoke last night, he mentioned the book uh, Live Not By Lies. It's a manual for Christian dissidents within the Soviet Union. And I just thought, that, that's interesting, I'm reading that book. And what I'm finding out is, is, is that, that what, what, what those who are facing this, this totalitarian government, what they said is that one, one, of, the, one, of, the, one of the priests who, 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 who stood in the resistance, he said, this is, what he, this is the advice he has for us. He says, only total life commitment to Christ will enable you to, with, to withstand the coming trial. Total commitment to Christ. You've got to be all in. All in. You've got to not fear man and what they think of you. Bobby Connor put it this way. He said, our timidity might be a sign of our carnality.
because the righteous are as bold as lions. Get rid of the compromise. You know, it's funny, I, I was at the airport, I said, I told my husband, I'm not going to give a speech on boldness and not be bold. I haven't worn my Trump One shirt in a while. So I wore it through the airport yesterday, and... <laughs> so, we're standing through TSA, and, and, and one of the guys, he's so happy, he's, I mean, I, I thought he was going to jump over the rope and hug me. He goes, I love your shirt, it's amazing, because courage is contagious. They need somebody willing to stand, somebody willing to say, this is not right, and we will not allow it to stand. We're going to fight, because without free and fair elections, we don't have a democracy. We have a criminal cartel masquerading as a democracy, said Dinesh D'Souza, D'Souza in, in 2,000 Mules. And so then there were others, though, that were in the, in the gate area. And this is what I learned as I'm reading this book about the Soviet dissidents, those that fought against communism. Uh, by the way, people say, you know, there's a difference in fascism and communism and socialism and communism. You know, by the way, the USSR, do you remember what that stood for? United Soviet Socialist Republic. They, even the communists claimed to be socialists. They say communism is really just socialism with a gun. And uh, I don't know, how many, how many agents just got... got Armed, 87,000 IRS agents, that's what it was. Um, so so the, they're speaking to me in hushed tones. Well, you're really brave wearing that shirt. I'm with you, though. And the lady, she's, 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 uh, she's winking at me like this, and, and, and disconcerting looks from people wearing masks. That's to be expected. Um, <laughs> no surprise in what color me surprised, right? Um, the righteous are as bold as lions, and the truth is not whatever the ruling class declares it to be. The CDC has now changed the definition of vaccines to, you know, to, to cause people to accept the jab. Marriage has been redefined. And by the way, I agree with Mario that, that Obergefell did not settle the issue of marriage any more than Roe versus Wade settled the issue of abortion. It's going to be overturned. Clarence Thomas declared it in this last decision in Dobbs. It's going to happen because we need to keep fighting until it happens. Um, You know, domestic terrorists have been redefined. Th those are now parents who go to school board meetings, so, you know. Um, even a woman, even a woman, we don't know, you know, if you put somebody on the Supreme Court and uh, she doesn't know the definition of the woman, you need to look for another, another candidate, you know. Um, by the way, if you have let the left take a hold of your language, I'm speaking to you, if, if, if you have, if you celebrate the, 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 the day when the savior of the, of the world came to earth in order to die for our sins, if you celebrate that occasion with a holiday party, I'm talking to you. You've let the left take over our language and it cannot, it cannot be. We cannot let them take over any aspect of our language. And that's one of the things I'm learning in the Soviet dissidents. By the way, if you want to kill 11 million people, how do you kill 11 million people? Andrew Andrews wrote that book. And his answer essentially is lie to them. To use fear, oh, you'll be safe in these camps. Come on, come with us. It'll be safer for you. How do you kill 60 million? Same way. You lie to them. Margaret Sanger, by the way, and I have a chapter in my book. Where's Larry? I'm going to get some points with Larry. A uh, uh, chapter in this about how Margaret Sanger, in 1939, this racist, the founder of Planned Parenthood, says, we don't want the word to get out that we want to exterminate the Negro population. She called it the Negro Project. In 1939, they had a vision to exterminate the African-American community. And you want to know what? 20 million have been killed. You know what that equates to? That's the population of every black man, woman, and child that were alive in America in the year 1960. They've done what they've set out to do. 
Interestingly, Bill Gates' father, who was a director of Planned Parenthood, he, he says, you know what, I, I, want it. I want population control too, and you know what he wants to do to use it? He said it in a TED Talk. If we do a really great job on new vaccines, we could lower the population perhaps 10 or 15%. Wait a minute, vaccines I thought were supposed to help people. You want to use vaccines to kill people. That's something not right, adding up to that. But pay no attention to the evidence of your eyes and ears. Just move along, nothing to see here. The World Economic Forum, it's, it's, it's to the place where Jane Goodall, you know, the woman obsessed by monkeys, she, she comes and give a test, she gives a, 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 a testimony, a speech at this event at the World Economic Forum, and she says, you know, all these things we talk about wouldn't be a problem if, there, if we had the size of the population that it was 500 years ago. 500 years ago. Okay, that's 461 million people. That's, that is basically, she is su suggesting that we somehow get rid of 7.2 billion people on the earth. This is not a conspiracy theory. They're coming flat out and telling us what they want to do. And, oh yeah, here, here, um, <laughs> here's, here's their false prophet. They call him the prophet. Yuval Harari says, we just don't need so many people. And Klaus Schwab, he's like a cartoon villain, this guy. Unbelievable. Uh, uh, by the way, that's what the Georgia Guidestones say, the one that just got destroyed. They wanted 500 million people. In other words, um, let me tell you, let me put it the way Daily, the Daily London said. To kill 7.2 million people, he said, the Great Reset. You've heard the wonderful slogan. He says, it's a cutesy marketing way of saying a desire to mass genocide commoners by the elite communists. There you go. And you kind of wonder why, well, if you look at, if you want dominate world, world control, if you want world domination, scarcity equals dependency equals control. Why are all these food processing plants burning down? Why are they targeting farmers out of existence? Why is it that they're taking such control of the energy? In Switzerland, they're, they're threatening them with jail if you turn your thermostat up higher than 66 degrees. In, uh, in, in, California, I, can't, I just don't have time to tell you about California. <laughs> just know that Gavin Newsom is running commercials in Florida and elsewhere because he wants people to actually have television sets on to watch them because uh, they've shut them all off and they're rolling blackouts in the state of California. Um, but he does promise, Gavin Newsom does promise that there'll be enough electricity in their green, green California um, as soon as all the residents move to Florida. So that'll be good, that'll, that'll clear it up for him. But what I want to tell you is this, as I told the, the, the legislature in the state of Texas, is the testimony of Jesus, what Jesus did, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And I went to the ruby red state of Texas and I said, if the purple state of Ohio can pass a heartbeat law, surely the great state of Texas can do it. And they did. And they, they, ended, up, they ended up saving 20,000 babies before Roe versus Wade ever crumbled to the ground. That's a stadium full of children with a Texas heartbeat law. And it's, uh, it's only the beginning. We're only just getting started. Ending abortion is just the beginning. And uh, I want to tell you a couple other things. Uh, as you heard the John Adams quote, uh, just a little while, Sam Adams quote, excuse me, about the tireless minority, how a tireless minority can switch things. It happened in America. It happened in America that only 25% of America supported the revolution. Only 7 to 8% actually participated in it, and yet here we are, America. We made an appeal to heaven. Did you know that this was our first flag? Anybody remember that? You know this? This was our first flag. It hung over our Navy ships because we were going against the most powerful nation on earth, and we made an appeal to heaven, and God heard our cry. That's why we're Americans, because God heard our cry as we made an appeal to him, and we appealed to him again. He did it once, he can do it again.
friend, a personal friend of mine, before she passed away, Phyllis Schlafly said, she talked about what happened when the Equal Rights Amendment was, was coming like a freight train. This woman stood virtually alone on the tracks. And she stood against uh, the vote in the House for the Equal Rights Amendment that would, brought, would have brought homosexuality, would have brought abortion 30 years before, it's, before it, it came to America. She stood against it in a House vote. Uh, there were, the vote was 354 to 23. In the Senate, the vote was 84 to 8. There were 30 states that passed this Equal Rights Amendment, and she stood without an email, hadn't been invented yet, without faxes, didn't, didn't have them. She said she stood without, without no Rush Limbaugh, no conservative media. She said she had a newsletter, she had a phone, and she had the truth. And she stood, and I, I, I wrote about it in my book, but I, I actually have the video of her telling this story on this, this thing, and that's why, I want, that's why I'm plugging it, because she said this. She was, Nightline was there in the Illinois House when, when the vote was supposed to take them over the edge in Illinois. And Eleanor Schmiel, the founder of the National Organization of Some Women, she was there and she said, she told the, the, the host of Nightline, you, she said, we have the votes. So the Nightline host asked her because the, the vote went down. One of the African-American uh, legislators' mom called him and said, you can't vote for this. And uh, they won the vote and there were some other things that happened that were absolutely just, just beyond any explanation, human explanation. And Eleanor Schmiel, they said, Ms. Schmiel, you said you had the votes. What happened? She replied, there was something very powerful working against us, and I certainly don't mean people. If the National Organization of Women president can recognize something very powerful working against them, how is it that we don't recognize something very powerful working for us as we stand with him? What God did, he can do again. I remember in the 2000 election, uh, I remember when they called it for Al Gore, many of you don't remember, now 22 years ago, but I was on my face, I was doing a radio interview, I was on my face in my living room, and I did what many people did all over this country, and I cried, I said, God, this never happened before, and I, I don't know how to ask this, but I'm gonna, you have not, because you asked not, and I asked God, would you take the state of Florida and the nation of America from Al Gore, give it to George Bush, because for the sake of the court, for the sake of the babies. And then, I didn't just stop there. You get off your knees, you get on your feet. I was part of the recount team. I was there when, 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 when they, were, they were eating chads. <laughs> All of these things. I had, we had 400 people organized outside the Broward Center for the Performing Arts. Excuse me, the Broward uh, uh, their Center where they were counting the votes. And uh, so many stories I want to tell you. I'll just tell you this one. Um, this gentleman came up to me at an event and he said, do you remember where we met? I said, no idea. He's from, I don't know, some northeastern state. He says, well, you handed me the microphone when you had 400 people doing the Palm Beach pokey. The Palm Beach pokey was you take the Bush votes out, you put the Gore votes in, you rearrange the ballots, do another count. That's what it's all about. And so we had all of the, by the way, my microphone was plugged into the CNN truck. It just seemed right. It just seemed right. Um, so... So we fought then, and God reversed the outcome of an election. And I'm just going to tell you the testimony of what Jesus did before he will do again. If we, if we stand firm and we hold fast, um, I'm just going to say, um, I, I, I ran, for, many of you don't know, I ran for Congress this, this spring. And I didn't win. I was, kind of, uh, uh, I was outspent 10 to 1, came in third out of 7. Um, but what happened was, I believe God gave me an idea to get our country back. And I'm gonna share it with you because there's some people maybe that are here that can take this baton and run with it. Here's the idea. 
I didn't want to run. I didn't want to run and, and, and beat my, my, my head against the brick wall in the, in, the, in the legislature. We all know what happens. You know why people are so disheartened? Because when the Republicans hold majority, they don't do what they promised to do. They don't do it. You want to know why they don't do it? It's a system. Let me tell you the inside system. It's not what you learn in civics class, how a bill becomes a law. No, it's, it's the leadership. And, and Kevin McCarthy, we had for the federal heartbeat bill, with the help of Tom DeLay, we had 174 co-sponsors on this bill, more than any other pro-life bill in Congress. And I went to Paul Ryan, and I asked him to bring it to a vote. He wouldn't do it. Kevin McCarthy wouldn't do it. Because even though we had the window, we had a Republican House, a Republican Senate, a Republican President, pro-life judges being ushered to the Supreme Court, they refused to do it. And so when I ran for Congress, there were all these people, they all said the same slogans, open the border, excuse me, open the pipeline, close the borders. They all said the same slogans, America first. But you know what? I'm tired of slogans. I want substance. And so we put together this America First contract. I have them out on my table. You can take one for free. And it's also on theamericafirstcontract.com. Oh, by the way, you can also send your, uh, your postcards at decertifyfraud.com. Let's just keep them going. Keep the pressure on. Give uh, courage to the cowardly. Here we go. So, so in this contract, instead of this, what they've got now is this watered-down, milk-toast, rhino thing. Oh, let's make America strong and the economy good. Oh, well, you know what? How about substance? So in this contract, I work with Tom DeLay, who thought up the whole idea of the first contract with America back in 1994, with Congressman Louis Gohmert, Congressman King, General Flynn, Roger Stone. We worked on this contract, and what it, what it says is, oh, well, there's such things as the Constitutional Rights Restoration Act that shall apply to, retroactively to any American American citizens who rights, whose rights were denied. You catch that? Those who are lingering in jail on January 6th, we're coming for you. Do not give up hope. We're coming for you. It's like, it's like the, 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 when, 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 when Ronald Reagan said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Do you know that there were, there were, there were uh, people giving the, the uh, uh, Morse code and it was in prison walls. In goo, it was all over the, the giving hope to those to say someone is standing for truth. Someone will stand for freedom. Oh, by the way, here's another one. Personal Autonomy Act, here it is, that says that we're, we don't have to worry about the 60-vote Senate vote because the, per, the per, power of the purse is in Congress. They have the power of the purse. So, all right, so why don't we do this? Um, why don't we prohibit any federal funding from going to states that require a vaccination for employment, education, travel, medical treatment, the purchase of goods and services? How about that? Or, in, in education, we hold the power of the purse. How about states? You don't get a dime. If you, use, if you use our dollars to teach children racism through critical race theory or any, anything else by that name, 1619, any anti-American, pro-Marxist, or education that grooms, violates your state obscenity laws, teaches transgender, or, or any behavior that is high risk to children. How about that? Same with uh, no money's going to any states that, uh, that, in terms of election funds, that don't have secure sequential paper ballots, that don't have votes for, uh, voting election to one day, prohibiting the mail, mail and invitation to voter fraud. So what if, what if we, we, we actually, here's the vision I had. Somebody can take this and run with it, maybe. Andrew, you know people that know President Trump. We've, what if we went to President Trump and said, what if you gather all these Republican freshmen? I don't know that I like every one of his endorsements, but what if we get something for it? What if they sign on the dotted line and say, our founders, they pledged their lives, their fortune, sacred honors. How about instead of, of, of you waiting for the swamp to get their hook in you and say, would you like a committee assignment? Would you like to be chairman? What, what perk and what political payoff would you like to do what I want? 
That's what we've got to do is we've got to get our country back. And I believe that this becomes a pro-life caucus who what we learn from South Dakota, South Carolina, and from Arkansas, what if they vote as a block? What if they say, we're not going to elect you as a leader of us unless you sign off on the principles that we want? That's uh, one idea. If the trumpet does not sound a clear call, who will get ready for battle? This is what I know. The only way to keep our freedom is to use it, and to use it now. We need to be all in, all in, and uh, speak the truth until the truth prevails. We need unity. I remember Jerry Falwell, uh, uh, who was a, was a great, great leader, who said, you know, when, when the 80s were coming, he's building the moral majority, he says, there are people in this room that I wouldn't be caught dead with. But we are in such a, a, a desperate time, we had better work together. We had better, as Ben Franklin said, we had better hang together or the FBI will raid your home at 5 a.m. I think that's what the quote was, something like that. Um, but evil is powerless if the good are unafraid. People said, how do the heartbeat bills, how do they pass? And my answer was, we just wouldn't give up. Because with God, all things are possible. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And if all power and all authority has been given to Christ, he gave it to us, then someone has none of it. It's time, as, as, if we've already got it, it's time we use it. And we use it before it's gone. What I want to say is, as Reinhard Bonnke declared, he was uh, an evangelist that, that went and God told him that Africa shall be saved. And he saw people come to Christ by the millions. I never forgot something else he said. He said, America shall be saved. And we just declare it with me. America shall be saved. Because this is what I know. If we can end abortion, we can take our country back. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. All right, so we just need to take Janet and put her on her copy machine, right? And run about five million of those, and we'll be in great shape.